0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. For all the people out there who have ever dreamed of hearing a middle-aged gay guy obsess over a sitcom that he loved way back in his long-lost youth, this is the podcast for you. My name is David Almeida, and my obsession is the facts of life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and each week I sit down with an actor or artist friend, and we watch an episode of the show, I hit record, we talk about it, Sometimes, my guest gets a word in edgewise. My guest this week is Jeff Jones. Jeff is a stand-up comic uh, based out of Orlando. When I approached him about doing the show, he said, only if I can do the Cousin Jerry episode with the stand-up. I said, done. So here we are. Jeff does more than stand-up. He's also a writer and an actor. He's been cranking out what seems to be hit after hit at the Orlando Fringe Festivals, which we get into in a little bit. But uh, as stated, the episode that we watched was the very famous and historic Season 2, Episode 5, entitled Cousin Jerry, with an original air date of December 24, 1980. So this is Jerry Jewell's first appearance on the show. Her stand-up act was built around the fact that she has cerebral palsy. And with this appearance, she is making history. She's the first person with a visible disability to have a recurring role on a primetime TV series. And she's also the first actor ever with cerebral palsy to be featured on a TV show. That's pretty amazing. She would actually go on to appear in 11 more episodes of The Facts of Life over the next four years. So this is where it all began. And I'm glad I had Jeff with me to celebrate this milestone. So let's jump on in. This is me with Jeff Jones. Hello, Jeff Jones. Hello, David. Welcome. Thank you. You haven't been to my house in a long time. No, it has probably at least 15 years maybe. Was it that long ago? Maybe. It no, was no,
1: no. I, I think I worked. It was at least probably ten. It 10
0: was. Minutes. I think it might be ten. As far as you came to a Halloween party, yes. That I had, and I barely knew you then. Yeah. And you achieved the. I think the thing that everybody wants to achieve at a Halloween party is you want people to not recognize you. Yes. And you showed up, and I remember distinctly thinking, "Who is that dressed as Mog from Spaceballs?" I didn't recognize you. And I made a little mental note as I was running around and hosting. It's like, I need to talk to him and figure out who that is. And I think you were gone before I had a chance to talk to him. I'm like, when I realized it was you, I was like, well, shit, I was a terrible hostess. I didn't actually <laughs> come over and- That's the reason I've never been back, David. It, that's, exactly. Um... I'm, I'm glad to mend, mend that right now. <laughs> and I didn't have to
1: dress like John Candy. So that's <laughs> nice
0: too. So. But the, um, I'll, I'm going to post a picture. That costume was amazing. It was fun. I loved that it costume. It was a really good costume. I still so. have it.
1: I need to do it, at, break it out. I haven't worn that since right <laughs> that year. So
0: Watch for it on the website. Jeff and I just sat down and watched, by his request, season two, episode five, entitled Cousin Jerry. Why was it entitled Cousin Jerry? Because I believe it was about Cousin Jerry. Yes. We've we've talked about the unoriginal titles of these shows. And uh, this one lives up to it. Lives up. Because this is the one. But this is really, honestly, it's a very special episode. It is. it is. It falls right into that category because this is, in so many good ways, a good episode dealing head on. And I think, I'm not sure they ever thought they were going to bring her back or that it would be popular enough that they would want to revisit this. Mm-hmm. But it ends up that Jerry Jewell, I believe, is the only regular disabled person on a regular sitcom. Or, I think so, or at least at least back in the 80s Yeah.
1: or up until then. So. Yeah,
0: before we got into like, yeah. you know, we have a lot of... Um, uh, you know, there's been a lot since. Like, there's um, Ryan Murphy loves. Um, he always has. Uh, he uses actors with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And um, it's yeah, but there yeah, was and then you had Life Goes On when what, that was what late eighties,
1: early nineties.
0: Yeah, that was like ninety, ninety one. Yeah. I want to say yeah. And then and then they took it to the next step because then they added Chad Lowe. They're like, oh, we don't just have Down syndrome. We have HIV positive. Mm-hmm. We got we got two check boxes covered in the very special TV shows but uh, so before we get into synopsizing this episode I always like to ask my guests what did the facts of life mean to you if anything as far as when you were growing up did you watch it growing up Oh absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. I totally did and and I think all
1: television of that era completely mm-hmm. made me who I am yeah today I mean that's really what it is I mean I remember, specifically in the playground. I knew I was gay back then uh-huh. because when the kids were all playing, you know, which a team character were you? Oh. I would, I knew I was playing, I would play with the girls and we would do facts of life. Oh my God. That's amazing. And, and it wasn't weird to me or anything, but yeah, Yes. I, yeah. Was, I but, so I think that's, and I even think that's why even this episode now looking back on it, because I, I remember liking Jerry Mm-hmm because i i think of the comedian aspect of it yeah because i thought it, it was cool seeing somebody get there and just tell these jokes in in a, such a self-deprecating manner yeah that she i mean her her material is very self-deprecating mm-hmm. I, and it I, you know she she has no problem just making fun of herself and and, and yeah. that was it, i think that kind of went back to like now that i look back as as as, as somebody who does comedy now i'm kind of like hey that might have been molded my future in the in a way.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Cuz there was self-deprecating comedy had been around forever. I yeah. And Phyllis Diller and Joan Rivers mm-hmm. were doing it back in the the 50s and the 60s, but the idea of a person with a disability yeah. coming out and laying it out there. And, not and not being the butt of the joke, but being, you know,
1: the person making themselves the butt
0: yeah, of the joke. Yeah, exactly. That, way, so. that was it was incredibly empowering. She is I mean, to this day she is still considered to be a very highly influential like this this to this day is still a big deal this episode yeah. i think
1: well and, and an even bigger deal i think is is when that was this said 1980
0: was this 1980, one 1980. yes 1980 80. oh christmas eve merry christmas no, jeff thank you christmas but, eve 1980 but in
1: that time there weren't a lot of female stand-up comedians anyway
0: no so uh,
1: no. for even for somebody who is a female stand-up comedian to be featured as a female stand-up comedian mm-hmm. on a primetime sitcom was a big deal, too. True. Even with, regardless of you know the cerebral palsy, she was a female stand-up comedian in a featured role on a sitcom as a female stand-up comedian, yeah. which is even more kind of unheard of,
0: too. So. You're right. I hadn't thought of it that... The, the stand-up comedy boom of the 80s yeah, had not hit. No, and hadn't. then the women that came out of that also, that hadn't really hit. So this was, yeah, this is uh, there's a lot of things going on here. Mm-hmm. So it was, did you watch this when it first ran? You're, you're younger than I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm 50. You're in I'm your 40s. I'm 43. Okay. So, so you're...
1: yeah. The first half of seasons I really remember are The Facts of Life were more the uh, Edna edible seasons. Okay. That's that was when I really mm-hmm. started coming into it. But I I mean I remember all that stuff. Yeah. I mean I you know remember the Dukes of Hazard yeah.
0: vividly as a I do young too. child as well. So. well they were on the same night as Wonder Woman and the Hulk. Exactly. And that's why.
1: A, and television obviously did make make us gay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's no question. I television of it.
0: the 70s if the variety shows with Paul Lind and Bob Mackie costuming all the women and mm-hmm share and yeah no it's no question I, I exactly totally so, think there's a there's a doctoral thesis or a, a dissertation out there that someone yeah Kirk
1: Cameron shouldn't be so anti homosexual because he created a lot of us <laughs>
0: <laughs> beautiful oh lord Um. okay so our uh, story begins as they do in the cafeteria and Joe and Natalie come in and they are talking about the fact that Blair has won the Fine Arts Contest, is that what it's called? Yes, the fine,
1: art, the fine Arts Festival? Was it the Fine Arts Festival? Well, she's
0: won the prize of the Fine they, Arts yeah, Festival. Yeah, they give away
1: one prize for
0: one and, thing. And it's the third year in a row. And it we later find out it's for a painting that she did. Yes. And it's interesting, we saw Blair painting in season one. We really haven't seen her painting much in season two. So suddenly Blair's painting abilities are back, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, fine. That's another dimension to her character. But we never get to see the painting. We do not. And um, the this is all expositionally explained by Joe and Natalie, and then Tootie, I think, is already there with Mrs. Garrett. And so she's like, well, where is Blair? And Blair says, oh, she's right behind us. She's waiting to make a big entrance. And so Blair comes in, and she's acting all coy, all, hello, Mrs. Garrett, wow. Well, Any news and kind of fishing for if you heard anything? And um, Mrs. Garrett says, yes, I understand. The congratulations are in order. That's great. Because the big fine arts dinner that's happening tonight, apparently connected to this festival, uh, will now be able to be in your honor. Now we can celebrate with you tonight. And Blair is taking it in her braggy, braggadocious, egotistical way. Kind of way, wouldn't, wouldn't you say?
1: Yes, which that does. I also was slightly confused as to the fact that Mrs. Garrett didn't seem to know what was going on in the beginning, and then all of a sudden there is a awards dinner that she's planning but, that just seemed that confused me. It seemed like well, she had no idea
0: what was going on, and then oh. Did she not? Know? I was confused because she was like, oh, we'll have a dinner to celebrate tonight. And then later I'm like, oh, there's the dinner. Yeah, that, that's on. what I'm talking Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: there was, She's like, oh, we're just going to have something. Like, yeah, I yeah. thought it was between the few of
0: them. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett's line sounded like, oh, well, we can celebrate tonight. Yeah. Like, I think the intent was, We can celebrate you at this dinner. That's already happening. But I think the initial—you heard it as I did. I did. Okay, so we're not crazy. It's like
1: let's just go to Olive Garden and just have a party here, or no, it's a big awards dinner now.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, so and, and an awards dinner where they have a banner made up with Blair's name on it, that they have in a matter of hours the, yeah,
1: that, yeah that technology doesn't happen now
0: you can't, <laughs> like it takes a day to get something
1: from kinko it's yeah like we can't about. do
0: that but that's that's coming i'm getting way ahead of me i typically don't <laughs> jump that far ahead but we'll get there there's we'll get just there. so much uh yes but um in addition to this good news um uh, let me let me try to not hog this and do all the talking which i will probably do anyway that's a so there's also good news mrs garrett tells blair what is that jeff
1: that her mother called and a family member is
0: coming to visit. Yes. A they were cousin. About, right, they're about to have a cousin. And Blair, we have to point uh, typically I don't repeat every joke in the show. But Blair says, cousin, Mrs. Garrett. There are so many cousins. There are the the Warners, the Hamptons Warners, the Berkshires or the North whatever. Yes. And all that. And then Natalie has her and of course the ones out in Hollywood. Yeah. And everyone goes, Huh? Oh. And she goes, The Warner, the Warner Brothers. Brothers. Good laugh and you see Mindy Cone fighting it mm-hmm. fighting the laugh she we know she learns and she's better at fighting it than she used to be but you can see Mindy Cone is still in that mm, I gotta laugh and I want to smile yes yeah, she, she's she always wanted to be the ham it seemed like it was yeah saying, anyway and it's just her inexperience it takes her she you know
1: did we did, did the, the, the bra joke already pass
0: I think it's about to be there let's, let's okay let's it. get to that one because go, that... go to the bra joke what did you like about the bra joke
1: how many? How much lesbian overtone is in this show? <laughs> especially coming from Blair? the first thing she goes to was what the painting is, and it's just a, a painting of a bra. Ladies' undergarments seem to be on Bl- uh, Joe's mind way too often.
0: Well, the painting is not of a bra. No, but that was Joe's joke. Right? Was... It's something about what? How does it set up? Like something about your about support? Yes. Yeah, so well, the, I the... I so appreciate my art and how many people who support my art. Yes. And Joe says, what are you painting, a bra?
1: Exactly. So that's the first thing that pops into our mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then somebody else sags on, yeah, what is it? A painting of a bra? (laughs) So Sometimes
1: I feel like when you do watch some of these episodes, it's like, oh, we only wrote 17 minutes of a show. We need to go back and start plugging in some stuff. Just just start filling. We need lots of filler this episode.
0: It's true. Um, So not only has mrs garrett invited jerry this cousin to come to the celebration she also has been invited to stay the night oh see there's more 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 hope for joe Uh, yeah (laughs) so um yeah the stay the night is is puzzling because we know that the girls are living in what was a storeroom across from mrs garrett yes upstairs over the cafeteria I don't know where Mrs. Garrett is thinking Jerry is going to stay.
1: Well, and also we have a touring road comedian who we don't really find out how old Jerry is. I'm yeah. assuming if she's on the road doing comedy, she's an adult, much older than high school Blair. Uh, yeah. And because if she's the same age, which they also kind of imply with them growing up together and yeah. doing it's odd. It's odd. They don't. Heard, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. I don't think the Moose Lodge is booking 17 year olds to come in and do a <clears> gig. <throat>
0: So. No, I think you're absolutely right, and that is a uh, that's questionable. Yeah, but the other thing is that it's like, um, we we talked later about a hotel. It's mm. like okay, clearly she did have the option to stay at a hotel with this booking at the Moose Lodge, and of yeah. course it's like, where are they going to keep her here? No, if you if, if getting a hotel is so hard, get the
1: hotel when you get yeah. If they're if they're give, if a booker is giving you a hotel room. <laughs> You take it. You don't care how crappy it is, because usually <laughs> you got to find your own. So.
0: Yeah, A- absolutely. So um, what happens is Blair goes to call her mother to be like, I need to get some. Do we know when she's coming? And Mrs. Garrett's like, no. She said she wasn't sure. She was on her way. So Blair's like, let me go call my mother, and we'll find out. So Blair goes over to the payphone, the payphone. Over in the they, lounge.
1: They, 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 they live here in the kitchen, and they still can't get and, an actual free phone
0: and well hey that's fine they're they're technically on probation they're being punished mm, that's right. um but what did you point out from the uh from the lounge the
1: oh no in the in the dining room mm-hmm. the five gallon or the 700 gallons of coffee
0: oh was there was there a big coffee thing
1: there's a coffee urn Oh, in the I mean, actual dining room. is Okay, you said, no, if how much not, coffee do they need? No, not the vending machine. The vending machine was even overkill. I, I thought if you, you look were in, talking about the vending no, machine. No, no. If you look in the actual dining room itself, there's one of those industrial giant coffee that's like three of the big gallons with the taps on the wow. front of it. That's why I'm like, how much coffee for do the these awards, high school... Yeah.
0: It must be for the awards dinner. Oh, no, it like, seemed
1: like it's there all the
0: time. But I, I have to look at that again. Yeah, it's I a giant
1: even... 3 urn. One of those ones that even rolls around in the
0: background. And we're sure that's not like juice and milk and stuff. No, because it's
1: got that clear little plastic percolator thing on the front of it. We have
0: coffee issues because we've discussed in the past in the uh, little rec room there. Yes. The fact that there's this gigantic coffee machine. And what that is, is it's one of the old fashioned, most of what's in there is all the gears and the mechanism to drop the cup and it pours. It's one of those older fashioned ones that pours the coffee into the cup. And uh, and next to it, I have to point out, pastry machine. Pastry machine. Last week, it was a candy machine because Tootie was being wooed and wooing the candy boy who was there to restock the candy machine. Well, that machine, in order to serve that story, became a candy machine. And now suddenly it's back to being a pastry machine. So for my threes of listeners out there who really care about this... <laughs> I'm going to be, now it is not my quest to do a continuous. See what happens every episode? A, a continuous watch of what happens with that pastry machine.
1: And also, isn't this a private school that they pay a lot of money to? Why can't, Why isn't that stuff included? Yeah, why wouldn't there? Yeah. They're going to pay, pay for pastries and extra coffee when there's 17 gallons of
0: coffee in, and, uh, the, in the dining room. And, you know, and it's a high school. I mean, high yes. school kids don't drink coffee yet. No. It's, I mean even with the Starbucks taking over, do high school kids today drink coffee? They do because that's they're weird.. Uh-huh. That, that 19, explains 1980 a lot. they did not. But no, we didn't know. that was the thing no. your parents did, ooh. yeah. My was parents gross. had was taster's gross. choice, the, the freeze dried taster's <laughs> yes. choice and it was like, yeah, it was gross. Um, yeah, so while we're in this room, Blair is on the phone and 2D is doing this beautifully unsubtle job of eavesdropping on Blair. And hearing that Blair is uh, clearly upset and, and Blair did not react well to the news that it was Cousin Jerry. I think we we skipped over the fact that it was Mrs. Garrett saying of the cousins that you are wondering who is coming. It is Jerry. So Jerry was like uh, Blair was like, oh, oh. <laughs> when is she going to be here? So now she's on the phone with her mother and she's saying things like, well, did you tell them about her? Mother, it's not a good time. No, mother, I know you can't set up a roadblock, which is a nice way of her mother going, what the fuck do you want me exactly. to do now? She's obviously a spoiled child. Yeah. So Tootie is overhearing this. And so Tootie's like, oh, there's some shit going
1: down. Yeah, I was more concerned if she was talking about Jerry being having cerebral palsy or being a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But, Jerry, I'm not sure that Jerry Warner is a lesbian. We know Jerry Jewell later came out.
1: Well, they gave her her same name in the show. Uh, Well. So, I mean. And and she was totally wearing lesbian comedy outfits, so.
0: (laughs) Well, weren't they all with the shoulder pads? Yeah, that's true. true. I mean, really and truly. But um, in the meantime, while Blair is still on the phone, Jerry arrives. In she comes.
1: Can we also the real talk about Tootie is cleaning the sofa with a sponge?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it's in the name of I'm trying to eavesdrop, so she's doing bad cleaning. Does she
1: ever clean the sofa? I know, but... was that just even yeah, pretending?
0: No, that was, yeah, that was kind of, I think it was funny. And uh, uh yes, so Jerry arrives, and she is so sweet, and she's very soft-spoken. I'm here for Blair Warner, and... Um, Mrs. Garrett goes right to her and is like, "Oh, you must be Jerry," and she's like, "Yep." And there's this moment, and she says straight up, she addresses it full on. She says, "Don't worry, I'm not drunk. I just have cerebral palsy." Mm-hmm. And is it cerebral or cerebral? I don't know. She says heart. it I've like heard... cerebral. Yeah, I, but I've also heard it the other way. I'm I'm inclined to say cerebral palsy, and I hope I am not wrong. I've heard um, I've heard both ways too, so. So the deal is that she hits it head on, which is a lovely thing. Yeah. The fact that she knows initially, and this is I'm sure from her own experience in life where she's like, first thought, okay, if you're going to be your initial thing is what is going on here? And I'm just going to tell you straight out. And, um, she even says, I, that's why I had this t-shirt made and she opens up her shirt and she has, and this is, I believe from her stand-up act. That she actually did this in Jerry Jewell's stand-up mm-hmm. act, where she has a t-shirt that says has the iron on 1970s letters. I don't have cerebral palsy, I'm just drunk. And she says, I had this shirt made for me. 20 cents a letter. Would have been a lot cheaper if I had polio. Yes. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that most of her lines came directly from her stand-up
0: act. I I think so too. But she should have gotten a writing credit in the I credits. I agree. You're right. She yeah, she really should yeah. have. Because I had seen her writing credit and there was some type of a commercial and I don't remember what the commercial was for that I remember her being on and saying, oh, that's that girl from the Facts of Life. And I remember the there's a brain surgeon joke about, you know, I think I'm thinking of leaving comedy though because it's hard being a comedian with cerebral palsy. I'm going to be a brain surgeon.
1: Yeah, she did that in the show.
0: And that, that joke in a different form came out in the show. And um, uh, very quickly they... Um, oh, th- the other good moment is that Natalie starts laughing. No, either Natalie or Tootie. One of the two of them starts laughing, and the other one says, "Huh." T- uh-huh. And then they're sort of like, "Was was that supposed to be funny?" Yeah, Nat- is-
1: or Tootie laughs, and then Natalie. And Natalie's actually, like, "Is it okay to?" Yeah, is, is that, that funny is it okay?
0: Did you mean for us to laugh at that? Yeah. And she's like, "Well, yeah." I'm I wonder if Natalie actually was talking to the director about oh. that <laughs> And, uh, oh, and her response is, well, I hope you will, because that's in my act. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and, oh, oh I, I should point out in the earlier, when we're talking about Jerry, when it first comes up and uh, Blair is like, oh, my cousin Jerry is coming. Uh, they do say, well, she's got this gig at the Moose Lodge. She's a comedian. She's a stand, and all the other girls are like, you have a you have a relative in show business. Why did you never mention her before? And Blair's all, "Oh, did I not mention her?" So, uh we they already know her her job and her role and why she's in town does precede her.
1: Yeah, and those moose lodge gigs are good.
0: Are they? They are. They actually I'm not Frankly? joking they are.
1: They are. <clears throat> I've, I've done moose and elk lodge and they're fun. Oh, really? And they do pay well. So, yeah. Okay. okay.
0: That's good to know. You yeah. that's you're an insider. That's, and,
1: that's really probably taken from her experience. I mean,
0: yes. And I forgot to point out at the top of this that when I approached you about doing the show, I approached a group of people saying, hey, do you want to do this new podcast? You said, yes, I'd love to do it. I want the Cousin Jerry episode.
1: Yeah, just because of the, the, the stand-up comedy. And it's fun to actually watch it now and see how much you can say came from her mm-hmm. material.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, Uh, And we're going to get to
1: something else later. I know that's coming up that I can totally say she had to have written the entire bit once we get to Howard, but
0: we'll talk about that. Oh, okay. Once we get to Howard. Okay. Yeah. Um, So uh, Blair is clearly uncomfortable while they're talking, but they're doing some great uh, question asking and she is being so cool. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that I think part of the message of this is that, Oh, before we go any further, you know, Blair didn't tell us you were, and she says, handicapped. It's okay. That's what all the parking spots say. Yeah. And it is, I will say, it is weird nowadays to hear the word handicapped thrown around so much when we've been taught the the term we're supposed to use nowadays is disabled mm-hmm. or has a disability. Um. So, but yeah, the word handicapped is everywhere, which is still, I guess, an okay word. It's just not, I don't believe the preferable word and you know anyhow um but the fact is that they have her immediately sit down and them around her and them asking questions asking questions yeah and her answering them honestly and laughing with them and it's like so you drove here can you drive and she's like well yes i can drive and and her making jokes jokes all about it she drove a lemon <clears throat> yeah and um and it's cool because part of i think the lesson of this show is that It's not just, you know, because the disabled are so different other and they make us uncomfortable. I mean, that's that's like that's a human nature thing. Mm -hmm. I know I'm guilty of this as anybody else where a person with a disability or something else, your initial reaction is I'm uncomfortable. I want to avoid this. I want to pretend like it's not there. For God's sake, don't draw attention to it. And this is one of those things where it's like, no, ask questions. Mm -hmm. People have, they've heard it all. And, you know, and in this case, this is beautifully done in that she's like, yeah, I've heard it all. I talk about it. It's fine. Um, And they say, did you catch it? And she's like, no, I didn't catch it. I was born that way. Um, And then it all lands on this beautiful line where um, they say, does cerebral palsy hurt? And Blair is kind of like. Okay, aren't you tired? Don't we need to break this up? Could we stop this now? Yeah. And uh, Jerry says, Blair, it's okay. And she says, Tootie, questions don't hurt. Ignorance does. To the applause of the audience, Mrs. Garrett had to hold for... She had to hold for the applause to go on with her line. And that is like... That's the line that still would work today.
1: But if you actually even notice, now thinking thinking back what we just talked, even when Jerry walked in and started with some of the jokes, the audience, you could tell, wasn't sure if they could laugh or not. Because it was still kind of, her first like funny line didn't get any response at all. It was sort of like... Yeah. Usually, and usually, when a guest sort of comes in, there's a little bit of applause. There's a little bit of something going yeah. on. It was sort of awkward that the audience almost didn't. There, know. there was
0: silence there because there was, I think, absolutely, and they wrote and planned for this. There was a sense of what is happening right now, mm-hmm. what is going on, and uh, and particularly in these very special episodes, yeah. they can they can quickly make you uncomfortable, and their I guess their purpose is to put you in the uncomfortable. And maybe try to educate. Um, and another beautiful moment that I'm sure happens all the time. Mrs. Garrett says, well, I so um, appreciate how much help that Jerry Lewis gives you. And I watch your telethon every year. Your telethon. Your telethon. And she's like, well, thank you. That's muscular dystrophy. That's a different disease. Yeah. And um, it's like, yep, sure she's heard that too. I'm sure she's heard that. Um. That joke
1: was better than any joke I've heard on the muscular dystrophy. Oh, um,
0: so. snap. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sheboygan. Um, so Blair excuses herself. She has to go work on her acceptance speech. She's just being incredibly avoidant and evasive and blatantly so to the point that everyone's like, Blair, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you acting funny? Why, what's... And why are you leaving when we're supposed to go in the kitchen and help? Uh, yeah, that's right. Because Howard's just come out and <laughs> yes. been like, Hey, girls, get to work. Because they're, they're there to work. You're right. You're totally right.
1: Yeah, she storms off to go write her speech when she's supposed to be cooking. Yeah, And it's like, what is the deal with that? Yeah, they're, they're very lax on this punishment.
0: <laughs> Next, um, as we said, Howard comes out. Yes. Howard the chef. And this is the first time we've seen Howard since season two, episode two, when the girls were handed their punishment and turned over to his care and for the first time, it is business hours, where we're seeing him in his cordon bleu, Chef Boyardee, full on. Yeah, that's
1: a he was like fancy dress.
0: For, yeah, for the lunch lady. For, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he comes in, sends the girls off to work. Off they go, and then he sees Cherry is there. Well, he's a member of the Moose Lodge. He already knows that she is coming. He's already aware of her and knows who she is, and Jeff. I'm sure you could relate to this.
1: This is exactly what I'm telling you about. I, I feel so I would, love, sure. I would love to be able to, if I could ask Jerry a question, it would be this segment that is about to happen with her and Howard. How much did she say this has to be part of the show? Yeah. Because without Howard comes up to her and says, hey, I've got some jokes you could put in your act. Ugh. This happens at every... Stand-up comedians show and the history of comedy is when you're at the end of the show and the audience is walking out and you're saying, thank you. Good night, shaking hands. There is always some old white guy who's <laughs> got a joke for you. And it's usually the most offensive racist joke you've ever heard. I'm oh, glad Jesus. it wasn't that on the facts of life, but he's trying to feed her all these jokes and she's giving him back the attitude that most standup comedians would love to give to people who are saying these horrible jokes to you. I think that might've been a little bit of her, her like, let me have this so I can just tell him what I think about (laughs) it because I can't say it to an actual audience member without them being offended or anything. So I think she got to, maybe she got to blow off some steam by just, Say it, making fun of Howard back to his face by trying to say the jokes.
0: I hope she says, oh, I want the opportunity to tell people it's okay to talk about a person's disability and it's not okay to tell a stand-up comic some jokes. No um neil simon walking down the street in new york people constantly saying to him not he's not a stand-up comic he's a playwright Mm -hmm. and people be like hey i heard a good joke maybe you could put it in one of your plays
1: it's always it's always a guy some for your, put this in a skit you do i'm like what what kind of skit am i doing it's this yeah if you want if you want some raw material come over and have dinner with my family no 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 thank you but don't no. no yeah but yeah, Howard tries to tell her material to use, and she just gives him the a, yeah. a, a good blow-off that every stand-up comedian wishes they could actually do.
0: Yeah, instead you have to say thank you. I'll, yeah. I'll give oh, that you. my thank deepest you. consideration. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Don't give me a bad review on Yelp or whatever. But no, I'm pretty sure she's, she insisted on that. Being I, in there, I hope but. she did. I really, she did. I really hope she did. Um, and the jokes were bad. It was like him going, one worm says to the other worm, I love you. And the other one says, um, I'm your other end. <laughs> yeah. So... The girls go off to work. Jerry uh, excuses herself conveniently to get a cup of coffee, to get the fuck away from Howard.
1: Yeah, because there's, there's 700 gallons of coffee at the Eastland home. For school <laughs> but she for goes girls. into the kitchen. Yeah, the should, there's a vending machine and then there's, there's...
0: That's right, Mrs. Garrett offers her a cup of coffee and she goes, It is mountain grown, <laughs> which is a nod to... Do you know, do you remember no. what that's a reference to? Mrs. Olson for Folger's Coffee, mountain grown, uh, the richest, most aromatic coffee. Yeah, I'm not as old as you. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, Edna is, uh, Edna, Mrs. Garrett is still yeah, sitting
1: here. You could probably call her Edna. Pertur- I, I'm sure, I'm I should sure. be on a first-name <laughs> should basis. Be at this point.
0: But, well, he, I wrote down Edna because he calls me. He's like, hey, what's the matter with you, Edna? And she's like, I'm just still worried about Blair and how she's acting. And um. Uh, does she say the word? I think Blair has... Tro- does she actually say, I think Blair has a problem that Jerry is handicapped?
1: Yeah, something like that. I that like- she has a problem... Or embarrassed by Jerry, or yeah. something. a she problem with word. Jerry. Something.
0: Yeah, like. I wrote it down, and again, I wrote it because I'm like, mm, there's a which little... is
1: where the scene should have ended.
0: And yeah, the where the scene should well, it should have ended with um, Natalie pops her head back in and says, "Hey, Mrs. Garrett, guess what? Uh, since she's here, we've convinced yeah. Jerry to do part of her act tonight here at our awards banquet. Isn't that great?" um won't everyone won't blair be excited or something Mm -hmm. like the typical thing and (laughs) the weirdest little scene tell us about it they
1: just cut to the bedroom and blair's hugging herself like she's having some sort of a odd panic attack of some sort and she's alone and talking to herself and she's saying why did she have to come tonight why tonight why who knew this this awards
0: thing was such a big deal uh, for an award she didn't even know she was going to no. get until that afternoon <laughs> no. And then she says that and then it just fades out. no no clap track just no. fades out fades out. no no sad serious. music. No serious, serious music. yeah, we don't have music and we they don't do interstitial no, we music didn't get those these at all. seasons. But yeah, it just fades to serious and
1: it's it's about eight seconds long. it's yeah, it's real quick and real weird.
0: yeah. It's almost as uncomfortable as the reaction shot fadeouts we had in season one that we've talked about where it's like something's going to happen and it cuts to the person and they're just. <sighs> <laughs> and, it, and Matthew and I were like, someone needs to yell cut faster. It's like, God, God. But um, yeah, so it's a very weird weird little scene. Yeah, the way
1: she was hugging her arm, it's almost like she was having some sort of a drug detox thing happening too. Yeah, or just like
0: a, like a, you know, a self-stim seizure thing of the the rocking. She should have been in a fetal position in the corner rocking herself or switching the lamp on and off. It it was incredibly awkward. It was one step away from that. So at this point, we go to commercial. Now, before we get back to the show, during commercial is when I like to get to know my guests. (laughs) And talk to them and let you talk about you. Oh. So I'm going to get a little James Lipton on you here, Jeff Jones. Okay. First of all, where were you born?
1: I was born in Panama City, Florida.
0: I'm very sorry.
1: I, I only lived there for six months. Okay. And I've done and you... everything there was to do. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, get me the fuck out of get here. Get out of here. And then where where were you raised? Uh, I've been in Florida my entire life. I've lived uh, in Orlando for a while. And then I grew up mostly in the Daytona New Smyrna Beach area. Oh, okay. I graduated from New Smyrna Beach High School in 93. I did not know that. Yeah, and then My... I moved to Orlando. Wow. So I've been, okay, so a year after. So. I came here in 92. Yeah, so I came to go to UCF and, and still here.
0: Next next question I was going to ask you. You came here to go to UCF. You went to school to UCF. What did you study? I have a
1: degree <clears throat> in political science and marketing. Okay. Which means absolutely nothing. Well, I no marketing. I have a degree. Marketing is a degree that no, that yeah, can be I, useful. Political I, science, mm. yeah. Well, as a comedian, yeah, it kind of helps. That um,
0: I suppose. Yeah, I
1: never thought of that. But I'm not a political comedian, so it doesn't necessarily mean. But I, I can, I can argue with people
0: at least better. Exactly. You it's understand things exactly.
1: That, if I get into a political argument on Facebook, you know, I've got a degree in it. When, so
0: when people talk about what the president can in can and can't yeah. do and what by authority he exactly. has and he doesn't you can
1: say i'm proud i know more of how government works than the president so that yeah. <laughs> anybody who's seen schoolhouse rocks knows that yeah, so. that's true
0: <laughs> so was it your um you primarily consider yourself to be a stand-up comedian
1: yeah at this point yeah because i mean i did work in marketing and i worked corporate jobs for you yeah, 20 years mm-hmm. and um no i'm um, for my 30th birthday um people I work with thought I was funny and they bought me a gift certificate to take a stand-up comedy class oh so it wasn't really even on the kind of radar or anything oh so it wasn't you weren't a kid watching Billy Crystal and oh god no no no, no, I never it never was like oh I want to be a stand-up comedian I never want to to do that I want to be an actor when I grow up you know it it was never any of that Uh it was never any of that and then so I started I was always the wisecracker and I always Mm -hmm. made the smart-ass comments and I'm was always good with the one-liner or the quick insult kind of thing. So they're like, "Well, we think you should do this." So I did. I went and took a stand-up comedy class, and it's addicting. Is it? Yeah, just when you just stand on stage and say a line that you wrote mm-hmm. and get a response from an audience. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's the best drug in the world. Yeah. Um, so, I've, yeah. I've
0: experienced that a little bit as an actor who has written mm-hmm. stuff that I've performed, but not, not full on. The difference with stand up is you are essentially being yourself. Yeah,
1: you're 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 not playing a character. You're putting yourself out there with yeah. your if own emotions. They emotional hate your act, they and, hate you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just then I just started doing it and gotten, you know, started doing more part time and then would write more. And, you know, instead of you just write a little bit at a time and get your first, you know, it's always about getting the good five minutes first. Yeah. You know, get your five minutes down and then, you know, it and that can take annoying. years. It could take years to get a good. I mean, I my my dad gives me a lot of shit sometimes because they, they, they. Of course, my parents have seen me before yeah. multiple times. He just goes, "Well, you, you did the same stuff this time as you did, you know, two months ago." I go, "Yeah, but I don't. I I don't perform for the same audience over and over again. I don't need to write new material every month. Yeah, Barbra Streisand to, doesn't sing a new concert <laughs> like, every night. I go to a new city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't change the material. I change the audience. So yeah, you know, it's, so it's it's." But yeah, and, and, I, and for the last three years, I've pretty much full-time doing stand-up. That's awesome. And writing plays. And
0: and, and, and how did you stuff. now? How did you cut your teeth, as they say, in terms of, are there a lot of open, I know there are some open mics here. Orlando is
1: actually really good for comedy. Is it? They're, 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 we've gone through phases, but right now it's probably the best it's been because there's probably one open mic somewhere in Orlando every night of the week. Oh. Some nights, even two. I did not know that. Yeah. In the state of Florida, I'd say Orlando Brad is the strongest right now.
0: Oh, more than Miami or yeah. Tampa St. Pete.
1: Yeah, Miami's not as, 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 is a weird market for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's just really tough. Oh. And it's more competitive and, and it's not, it doesn't seem to be as coherent.
0: Well, who knew? And in more recent years, I've become aware of you as a playwright with your runaway, huge fringe festival hit shows. First one was Welcome to Hell. Welcome to Hell. That's right.
1: And that was the first play I ever wrote.
0: And it what was the premise of it? It was the orientation in Hell. That's right. So and, and it, yeah. it had kind of a theme parky kind of a vibe about. Little it. A little bit.
1: It was like yeah, it was a, if as if you know, Hell was like a a weird job orientation. Yeah. Kind of thing.
0: And I mean, then so, there. but there was a there were sequels to Welcome to Hell. There was two more, right? There yeah, was. There was, was Hell Free
1: over, and then. Um, uh, heaven help us. Heaven so help was us. was three. It should have only been two.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, no, really? Third one's,
1: third one's real bad. Is it? I it's I It's, it's not terrible, but it's it's like it's the weakest one and it didn't work. It just didn't work. Well, yeah, and that it, well, that's even brings me to the current shows that I've done. The current
0: shows, and which are? That's the Animatronicans. The Animatronicans. Please explain to my threes of listeners what the Animatronicans is. The
1: Animatronicans is a sitcom-style show fashioned after many of the ridiculous plot points of of shows just like the facts of life yes. the golden girls the adams family three's company it's it's written in that 60s 70s 80s style of ridiculous sitcom
0: but the characters But the are... characters
1: are four animatronic figures from theme parks mm-hmm. so you've got dad the john the, the dad from carousel of progress uh abraham lincoln from the hall of presidents the Dreamfinder from the original Journey into Imagination, and the Polar Bear from the defunct Maelstrom Ride at Epcot.
0: Mm-hmm. And this year, coming up at the Fringe Festival, is.
1: It's the next episode. The people next say episode. People say it's a sequel. I go, no, it's not a sequel. It's it's, a, it's just like you didn't have to see last week's episode of The Golden Girls to know what's happening. in this, you know, this okay. one episode it stands on its own. And but this
0: one is now going to include the redheaded pirate. The
1: now the redheaded wench.
0: The wench original from the Pirates of the, the Caribbean. Pirate, the one that's no longer there. The one that they got rid of because they're like, oh, maybe it's not good to show them selling women.
1: Exactly. So we, we she's just as bitter now that she's unemployed. So she's part of the team because exactly.
0: is it Lincoln is the only one who's still employed nope. correct? Carousel
1: Progress is still
0: oh that's right Carousel John, and Lincoln are so the idea is that are. it's the sitcom premise it's brilliant where you've got a couple of them are employed and a couple of and they're the others not. are not and they're bitter hmm and uh, now did you ever work for Disney
1: I've never worked for Disney but I have a feeling I probably will never get to work for Disney <laughs> at
0: this point so there are some shows that are good but they're very insider your show it's, I guess it it's more super fan than insider. You, it is super, a super fan. fan. I think it was hilarious. I saw the first version, and I, I you've done it how many times since we've brought it back for four,
1: three different runs. Three different three different runs. So over the last it, this that that one was in in two thousand sixteen. We did it again in, later in 2016, and then mm-hmm. 2018 we did it. So, yeah, we've done three runs of that.
0: Yeah, At so, the Orlando International Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. and later runs year, at we, the Footlights Theater at the Parliament House.
1: Footlight. And now we're bringing a new one back. So this for, the for the Fringe Festival in 2019. Animatronicans under new management.
0: Let us come back now from yes, commercial. Get get and closure on this uh, last moment of putting you on the spot, name a random commercial that you loved from the time or the era that you associate or think about. From your childhood, uh, the original Little Caesars commercials. Little Caesars. Yes, I don't remember that. We didn't have those up north. No. I didn't move here till then. When, uh, but it's
1: like a, it's an up northern thing, isn't it? Little Caesars.
0: Not, not in, it wasn't Massachusetts anyway. Oh, Little man, Caesars was, was, it was the pizza, pizza were they doing yeah, that? Pizza, pizza. And and what
1: year are you? What year was that? This was probably mid '80s. Wow. And back then, it wasn't like it was now. Back then, pizza, pizza meant you got two pizzas for the price of one. <sighs> Oh. And, it, and instead of like two boxes it was a rectangular shaped box that was like four feet long and both pizzas were beside each other in one box? In one, not even a box it was just like a bag <laughs> the, the, the bottom of it was cardboard and it was just slid into like this white paper Little Caesars wow. paper bag kind of thing back
0: to the facts of life we come back to the bedroom where Blair is working out her feelings in a painting That we don't see. And Joe is giving her the business. Yeah. She is like
1: That's that's a lesbian fight right there.
0: (laughs) She is saying, You were rude, you were blah blah she was used to the last roll of duct tape. Yeah. (laughs) So um Uh, Then Mrs. Garrett comes in and is once again, Blair, why were you so rude to to Jerry? And uh, like you said, you're like, and why aren't you downstairs working? Why isn't Joe downstairs working? Because we're clearly right after and Mrs. Garrett is still in her same outfit. We got we don't just have dinner to serve. We have this big banquet dinner.
1: But but Mrs. Garrett goes in to put in the pot roast. Uh, But she's not the chef.
0: Does she, is it a rump roast? It's a rump. Yeah, it's a rump I believe roast. they like the word rump, rump. coming out of her because yes. they—that that is hilariously yes. funny. It,
1: it was a few rump jokes. But why do they have a chef if Mrs. Garrett's making the rump roast?
0: You're yeah, right. Uh, I don't, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, Howard kind of does just go away. After a while. He he makes a couple more appearances, and then he's just gone. Some budget cuts. That's cool. Precisely. That's why they're charging him for coffee and pastries. (laughs) He he blew the coffee budget with those big damn tins. She had to fire his ass. (laughs) So uh, Blair said, please don't disturb me. I'm creating. And Mrs. Garrett's like, you're not creating. You're hiding. And then something comes up about Joe says, yeah, well, you know, you're known for being perfect. I think you are perfect. Perfectly rotten. And then goes out, leaving us with Mrs. Garrett and Blair it's alone.
1: Very, a very special moment.
0: A have special What Why don't I let you talk about Tell Tell us about what happens in that special moment. Well, Mrs. Moment.
1: Garrett confronts Blair of being embarrassed mm-hmm. by Jerry. When Blair is not embarrassed by Jerry, it comes out that Blair is jealous of Jerry. <gasps> Why? Because everybody likes Jerry and Jerry is is getting attention mm-hmm. and Blair makes a squash soufflé every Thanksgiving and yeah. people are like, "Oh, that which that sounds disgusting." Number one.
0: Yeah, and Blair co- making a squash soufflé. Uh, yeah, Why is she downstairs cooking if she knows how to cook? What? Yeah. yeah. It, and isn't... and Blair in another episode, you would have it that Blair had never set foot in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. So that's a little, this is a little bit weird. Which, number
1: one, who was sitting, the, the writers meeting, they're like, what did she cook? Yeah. What about a squash about souffle? A squash
0: souffle, yeah. Um, because
1: that's on everybody's Thanksgiving and Christmas platter is <laughs> a squash souffle. Yeah. But no. So she's like, yeah, she's, uh, that everybody is more into Jerry than they're for yeah. her.
0: If Jerry was able to pour a glass of wine without spilling it, everybody cheered. Yes. And so, you know, it's just that I would do things and I'm used to being the center of attention, but mm-hmm. whenever we get together for family, Jerry would get all the attention. And so, Mrs. Garrett, do you do a Mrs. Garrett impression? I don't. Everybody is invited to do their worst, myself included. No, because I don't think I get my voice that high. You don't think... Her voice isn't that high either.
1: Oh, girl! There you go. I Look so, at I, that. That sound more like, one of the Vote Brothers impressions of-
0: <laughs> that's that's not wrong. That's not bad. No, yeah. So uh Mrs. Garrett, in as I always say, Mrs. Garrett unleashing her superpowers mm-hmm. when she's nurturing, Oh Blair, you are special and Jerry being here can't change that. And um Blair does admit that she is jealous. She says, Yeah, I guess I am jealous of her and then she's like well i can't talk about this anymore mrs garrett i'm done i need to you need to leave me now yeah and and mrs garrett does
1: she needs to get back to her painting
0: yeah as opposed to no get your ass in the kitchen we got <laughs> exactly. a fucking banquet i don't know who set up the stage and hung the curtain or who printed the damn banner with your name on it yeah. but we have a freaking anyway and she has a rather large elaborate paint setup to never be seen in the room Any other time. I'm not sure we ever see... We did see Blair painting, as I said, in season one. And I have often talked about what the fuck was up with the bedroom set in season one. Because they would keep redressing it to look like different girls' rooms. But one of the constant... Or two of the constant things. One was the sombreros hanging on the wall. (laughs) Because, you know, who doesn't hang a sombrero on your wall when you're a young prep school girl? And secondly is there was always this artistic easel with a painting of like a New York city skyline on it. And I think at one point we do see Blair working on it, but other times it's in the room when it's, this is supposed to be Sue room. This is supposed to be Tootie's room. It's still there in a different place. They got a good deal on it. Uh, Exactly. And it
1: came came with, it was included with the tuition.
0: uh, (laughs) Not coffee though. No, not (laughs) clearly not the coffee or the pastry. Those, those you got to fucking pay for. Yes. So um we move on finally to our final scene the the place of the denouement as it were <laughs>
1: the fancy awards dinner the
0: fancy awards dinner and for one person for one person and they're like okay well jerry um jerry is sitting with Tootie and Natalie and Joe and they are trying to get her to go up okay go up and perform and jerry, and jerry appropriately is saying I'm not sure I should get up there and perform at this banquet where there is, as we've mentioned, a banner, a pre-printed banner mm-hmm. with congratulations to award winner Blair Warner. And it's also incredibly rude for them to ask Jerry to get up and perform
1: for free. That's her job. That's another thing, too. It's her yeah. job. Yeah. It is her I, job. It's it's like, you know. Just get up and do your. Uh, yeah,
0: you, we know you get paid to do this, but give it, do it for free right now. Yeah, do it for free because you know, oh, you'll get such exposure. Think of the exposure None. you'll like get.
1: Corporate gigs, you're supposed to get paid like two, three times more. So yeah,
0: exactly. They gave her coffee. So she, <laughs> <laughs> the valuable, <laughs> we will pay you in coffee. And Jerry, appropriately, says, "Blair's not even here for her own ceremony," and. Jerry's not stupid. She's already she's very aware that there's a something going on. Something here going on yes. with Blair not happy that she's there. So Jerry is like that, and the girls really give her the business and really push her and lay on the guilt trip, led by Joe. Well, she's a criminal. I beg your pardon.
1: They've been they've been arrested. They are a bad group of girls.
0: Yeah, for the um the yes, for the uh the theft of the all that stuff, yeah. yes, but the fact is Joe, um, they're talking about, yeah, well, we're just feeding you i I really I guess I have to give kudos to the writers that they didn't give this to Natalie as the saying, oh well Natalie's the Jewish one to let her lay the guilt trip on her, <laughs> um, which honestly, I think Natalie would have crushed this too, but it was like, well, okay, we're only feeding you, we're only putting a roof over your head. You're, you know, you could go to that cold, awful hotel room, but we're giving you a place to stay. Still, aren't clear where that that is. No, who's, whose bed she's going to be sharing, or what, what square inch of the floor can fit a sleeping bag. No, she's
1: she's going to be sleeping on
0: the recently sponge cleaned couch. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So, um, Jerry agrees. So, Mrs. Garrett says, "Oh, good. I'll announce you." And, and she's the MC of the award ceremony too. Yeah. So she gets up and she walks up and says, "Everybody, girls, girls, extras, girls. and then yeah, extras, <laughs> girls, and then to give to give make sure Charlotte Ray gets her comedic moments, girls, girls, and she screams at the top of her lungs, and um, it's pretty funny." It's you know it's a little bit of a crutch. They they use her voice for that in every episode. Yeah. pretty much. And then as Jerry walked up to the stage, what did you say to me, Jeff, about the costumes? Oh, ruffles. Half yes. Of, half of the budget for this episode was all ruffles. Ruffles. Jerry uh, Jerry has ruffles on her collar. On it, it's that Holly Hobby. Um, Little House on the Prairie thing. Molly had these. I, I've we referred to it, the, and they've popped up in other places. Mrs. Garrett's too. It was, entire blouse was ruffles. It Was all ruffle, yeah. And some of that is trying to be camouflage. Or back in the day, it was when yeah. she was bigger. But yeah, there's a there's heavy duty rufflage going on. You don't really equate that with the fashion of the eighties. But remember, we're right at the tail end of nineteen eighty. We're not yeah, into it's, st- the, it's
1: still pretty
0: seventies. Seventies exactly. Um,
1: they all got much more
0: fashionable in like '82. Yeah, and the, and and that's where it gets funny. Yeah, when god, they, when they so moved funny. into when it when they, when they,
1: yeah when they get into the over our heads. Yeah, with the, the hairspray and shoulder pads. Oh season, my yes.
0: god, it's it is heaven. It is heaven. Um, so then Jerry goes into her act. This is her actual standup act, mm-hmm. and and it's doing great. Uh, she's talking about. Uh, competing in sports can, can handicapped people compete in sports she goes yeah one team is the wheelchairs and one team is the walkers and she does say at one point I tried to be a waitress but they didn't like how I tossed Tough my salad. salad yeah And that joke
1: just, has totally different meaning now when she yeah. says it but my favorite thing is some of her jokes were kind of mean
0: and as far as
1: as far as the scores from the, the how she would like abuse other handicapped people like, her team would win because she would put the brakes on on all the oh, wheelchairs. Kids. That's right. It's like, that's mean.
0: Oh. It's that's... like,
1: the reason she won the, football, the softball game is because she put the brakes on the wheelchairs and got a home run, so.
0: Yeah, she talked about being a good bowler. She says, I got the highest score. I was I had a record bowling. Just Unfortunately, it wasn't it in, wasn't my, in lane. my lane. Um, and then there's also a new game show called Name That Handicap. And bowling for crutches. This is very 1980 stand up comedy. Yes. Structurally. Yeah. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm saying that is, we look at it as kind of, uh, kind of groany. Like, yeah. we've, stand up comedy has clearly evolved significantly in the last 40 years.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, but that's all fine and dandy. She's still landing her jokes. And she's still, she's still building bridges with this. It's like, good for you, girl. And we know this is her actual stand-up. And the,
1: the the facial reactions looking straight at the camera that you talked about from the first season. Yeah. Mrs. Garrett has like two or three of those. Oh, yeah. She's like, like, oh, like looking directly into the camera oh, laughing at a joke. Like, Not like ooh. looking at the stage or anything. Yeah. She's looking directly at the camera. It's he, just...
0: Bless. Yes. Then she goes into, this is where we take another little weird turn here. Then she says, well, now I'm going to do the stuff I used to do with Blair when we were kids. Yeah, it sounds... Gay men look at each other like... "Mm." Mm -hmm. And uh, Blair is there listening now. And she says, it was always tough because being with Blair was like being on a double date with Lonnie Anderson.
1: There's always a Lonnie Anderson joke in an 80s show. Oh, she's the best.
0: And the thing is, that's where Jerry reveals that she, you know how beautiful and how much attention she perceives Blair gets. So this is Blair very quickly inferring that, oh, we we both kind of envied each other a little mm-hmm. bit, I guess, at least to show that. Um, so then she starts to go into a joke and Blair yells out the punchline.
1: Like, me, like with a mean tone. It, oh, is it? It seemed like it. Oh. I like very serious. Not like she's like just trying to deliver the punchline. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah. It like, Murr.
0: but which to get her been, attention.
1: Yeah. Which would have been awkward as an audience member.
0: Yeah. would have been like, Ooh. And then she comes up on the stage. Jerry puts down her microphone. And then suddenly the two of them are going into what is a bit. They apparently did when they were kids, when they were working ooh. the vaudeville circuit. Uh, uh, yeah. They start singing tea for two. Now suddenly the middle-aged writers, middle-aged vaudevillian writers, as I've referred to it. Now they jump in with their, Thing and they start singing T for two and two for T, and then they stop and then do, do a Shecky those... Green routine. Yeah, it's just... exactly. It's like I um, yeah, I told my doctor I was stiff in the joints? And what did your doctor say? He said, Don't go to those joints anymore. <laughs> it was like these, these l- they literally could have had a drummer with a rim shot, they were yes, old hat. Straight up, yeah, vaudevillian comedy. Um, have you did you see the man eating shark at the aquarium? No, but I saw a man eating fish at the restaurant, (laughs) which is still
1: funny. It's like when we were kids, she's in high school,
0: yeah. Blair is in high school, she's still a kid. Jerry,
1: we don't know how old
0: Jerry is, yeah. So we did that, and again, so you were doing this vaudevillian act when you were, it's like, (laughs) which is five years ago, (laughs) I, I, yeah. It's very weird. And then the third joke, the rule of comedy, rule of threes. The third joke is Blair says, did you hear the one about the girl who thought her cousin was terrific or great or something like that? At which point the whole the act drops and what did you say? Kind of a thing.
1: But Jerry starts thinking with it as a joke. Yeah. She starts returning with the retort. Oh, no. What did the. And that's oh. when it turned. Oh, they did. You're right. They, they did. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like what? You just thrown me a curveball in the middle of our act in this public place where you're gonna declare something, and then, that's where Blair says, "I'm sorry, Jerry," and I really think you're terrific, and Jerry says, "I love you, Blair," and they hug, and there's this big oh, and they've made up, and they could have faded out there, but
1: oh no, oh no, no, we got it's Charlotte Rae's Charlotte contract.
0: Ray has to finish out the song and so as just as the applause is all awing and dying down we will raise family. and leads the girls in a sing-along to complete that song that every high school <laughs> teenage girl in 1980 knows knows t for two every girl knows that and knows the lyrics yeah and they it was- sing it and complete it and then we get the clap track and the episode is over.
1: Yeah, it was a bizarre ending.
0: Whew. It it did what it needed to do with Blair apologizing and mm-hmm. seeing the error of her ways in being rude and discovering she's jealous. We did have a great plot point in season 1 where J where Blair says to Molly when Molly is questioning whether her dad loves her because their parents are getting a divorce. And Blair says, Molly, I've had so many stepfathers. You know I don't envy anybody. But seeing you and your dad the way you were hugging, I came pretty close. So this is another step on the further journey of Blair discovering and accepting her imperfections.
1: Yes, it's she just has to go back and paint more, though.
0: Yeah, it's all about the painting. It's all that about the painting. She never does again. <laughs> so, Jeff Jones, we are at the end. We are at the end. Of this journey. I will look ahead, and I will see if maybe we could have you be our exclusive Cousin Jerry guest. Oh, what you need to do is, once you get through all the seasons, is do
1: a group-like live Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of the movies. Oh, well, I was going to do the movies because they occur in the middle. They occur, yeah. yeah. Except for the, what, the last one was. Yeah, the, the reunion. Maybe it would yeah. be
0: fun to do that, the reunion movie, to do, uh, to do mm-hmm. like a riff. Like a riff tracks. A riff tracks version of it. That would be interesting. That'd be kind of fun. We will see. Maybe we'll, we'll make that happen, and it would be fun. Thank you so much yeah, for being for here tonight. Me. I will Let see you know at Fringe. It. We will see you there. And there you have it. That was the very funny and very entertaining Jeff Jones. And our intro to Cousin Jerry. Pretty exciting. Um, I know Jerry's going to be back. I hope Jeff might be back to do some more of those episodes in the future. His stand-up is awesome. I'm going to be posting some YouTube links to it on the website. In addition to the Hell Plays and the animatronicans, we didn't even get into his... Other shows like Little Miss Rainbow Sunshine—it's like a spoof of toddlers in tiaras—and then he also has Pink Collar Comedy Tour, which he does with uh, gay comics and female impersonators. It's a lot of cool stuff that he does, and I'm I'm really thankful that he was able to make time to come and be here with me on the show. Let's face the facts: was produced, edited, narrated, hosted, and disinfected by me, David Almeida. The show's website is facethefactspod.com. Remember to drop the lets. And that's where you can email me. You can connect with the show on social media. You can subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. You can watch videos of the episodes we discuss. And you can listen to extra content from the digital cutting room floor. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. I really appreciate it if you would do that. And tune in next week for Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Shoplifting with another special guest. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you.